0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Women Governance Gurus podcast, where we listen to the journeys of women working in the field of corporate governance, their passions, struggles, and commitment to improving how companies and boards function. My name is Liz Dunchy, and my co host is Courtney Camlent. Hi, everyone. Courtney and I are both passionate about governance, and we want to spotlight some of the amazing women who share that passion. Hear what has surprised them over their careers and various perspectives from different paths and industries. Today we have Kelly Hennikins, who recently became the head of Americas at NASDAQ's new Center for Corporate Governance. Welcome, Kelly, and thanks so much for talking with us today.
1: Thanks, Liz, Courtney. I'm really delighted to be here. its I think of it as an opportunity in part to say thank you. If I may, to the incredible women in corporate governance who I've been looking up to forever, it seems um, they're, they're role models, their mentors, their friends. Um, they share guidance and, and inspiration and, and perspectives, and just a deep, deep debt of gratitude to these incredible, incredible individuals. It's an honor, and it's to some extent a sisterhood, and it's an amazing time to be in corporate governance and to speak on it. So thank you again.
0: Yes, our pleasure, and well said. We do have some really great women in our field, and I, too, feel really lucky to be coming in with so many great mentors. Can you tell us a little bit about your path to taking on this new role
1: at NASDAQ and what it will entail? Happy to. It's a mix of, um, I would say, three things, serendipity, curiosity, and fun. Um, And if I can start by going backwards, I uh, just to start from before NASDAQ, I had had about eight years at EY under my belt. And I love the people, love the work. Uh, and actually, even going back before that, a small group of us had joined EY from Proxy Governance, where we'd started back in, in around 2005, and uh, we had joined EY in 2011. So it, it, it was a team that had been together for a bit. We saw, and I absolutely was excited to dig my teeth into this, that the move as an opportunity to just take that treasure trove of corporate governance data that we had from PGI. We covered more than 3,000 U.S. listed companies and basically to play with it and to see what we could do. At EY, the Center for Board Matters focused on thought leadership uh, tools and benchmarks, and a lot of that came out of playing with data, and trying to figure out what would be most interesting and useful to both the mix of internal and external stakeholders. That was just an incredible opportunity to have. And then this year, uh, early, early this year, when I learned that NASDAQ was building a new corporate governance center, it was just naturally just really intriguing to me. NASDAQ, just by way of background, it's one of the largest publicly traded companies it's also one that went public not so long ago, and it's got ten thousand clients it's It's an interesting entity in that it sits at the crossroad of a lot of different um perspectives with regards to corporate governance, and the least amount of, of which is that it's one of the largest stock exchanges in the world, mm-hmm. and it has four thousand listed companies so it i mean it was just a really interesting opportunity, really intriguing. I was crazy busy, but I was also just really, really curious to learn more. I had probably easily a million questions. And <laughs> I, I just, I, I had, I just, it was almost like I was grilling everyone. And I loved the conversations. The, the, they were just really dynamic and fluid and, and just really innovative and thought-provoking. And that's how we got to where we are today. Uh, we just launched the new Corporate Governance Center in mid, mid-June. And the focus of the team is to accelerate the understanding of corporate governance and sustainable business practices. And as as you might anticipate, we're doing this through a combination of different things through thought leadership, for example, um, the creation of tools uh, and practical guidance, uh, ways to help companies navigate the, the changing corporate governance landscape. And essentially we're doing this through a mix of data technology and insights so it's 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 just a really exciting opportunity and right up your alley yeah right yes it just was a really exciting opportunity and it was almost like in retrospect it's um meant to me and uh really just as you can tell i'm very excited about it
2: yeah and we're excited to see more from the thought leadership perspective and the governance come out of the the new center
1: well, looking forward to more.
2: So this is Courtney. Has there been anything that surprised you as you've progressed in your career? Oh, um,
1: it's it's corporate governance, right? So it's, um, as you know, and because you have also been part of the fun, I think what's surprised me most is just the landscape of it, how it's been, how the changes have been so dramatic, um, whether you're looking at the last three years, five, 10, or even 20. There's a couple of things that come to mind as just things I, I'm endlessly marveling at. Um, one being how companies and their institutional investors have been expanding their, their focus. If, if you kind of step back from the historical point of view where, uh, you know, law and regulation, the compliance focus is, is key is, is, is all um, to taking into account a, a broader set of expectations from a wider range of stakeholders. So we're talking about environmental and social topics that are headline news today. And the, it's all part of this broader conversation that the different stakeholders are having around a business's long-term sustainability and growth and how a company can best navigate that. Um, so that's, that's I mean, that's a lot right there, but that's that's one thing that it's I think is endlessly fascinating and endlessly surprising I think also you're seeing that expectations not only for companies but also the institutional investors themselves have been shifting and so that's part of that dynamic and makes it even more multidimensional. dimensional and um, one of the, the things that's near and dear to my heart is that there's more attention in the market to data and benchmarking I find that just I think you know based on feedback but also me personally i think that that can be just so incredibly empowering that that ability to assess where you are as an entity in an objective neutral way relative to peers however you might define that and how you stand relative you know on on to to peers however defined on whatever topics it might be it helps give you a sense of where you would like Uh, your entity to be relative to everyone else, and how you might want to shape and shift those that positioning, depending on what you see your corporate identity or or your organizational identity as being. So um, just there's a lot of opportunity, and there's a lot of change, and it's really exciting to be part of that.
2: It is. And over the last several years, the shift in the governance from being so data-focused has been really interesting to me having been practicing this for 15 plus
1: years. Yes, it's it's and I think part of it too if I may just just pile on a bit is that part of what I think is so fascinating about it is it's tricky to do well. As you know, governance can be so nuanced and so company specific and so situation specific. And so to get the data right, it really ha- you have to have the context just really, really solidly built, and then the process and methodologies and approaches just really, really thoughtfully done and adjusted as appropriate.
0: So, Kelly, this is Liz. How do you decide which data points and disclosure topics to highlight in your research that you publish? Do you start with a topic in mind based on client feedback and other thought leadership and then research the current practices on that point? Or are you analyzing proxy statements and other practices more generally to identify emerging trends and pulling data out of that, whatever it may be?
1: Uh, that's that's a really uh, great question, partly because ideally, to my mind, I, ideally you want to have the resources, ability, and the mind space to do both. So on one hand, you want to have the ability to limit scope. So you decide on the topics beforehand. And ideally, for me, ideally letting voluntary company disclosures represent the baseline. What is it that companies feel comfortable disclosing to their investor base? And how is that shaping conversations in the market? And then from there, because you have the baseline around that, you can then see how the different topics and disclosures and approaches to disclosures might evolve. So that's, that's one avenue. And of course, I'm talking about the US market where the voluntary company disclosures cr- offer an incredible wealth of insights and perspectives into the diversity of company priorities and what they're looking at and what they're grappling with. Um, and also the, the interests and needs of their institutional investor base so then, on the other on the other side of things, when you think about an approach, ideally it, it can be so hard to keep on top of the emerging trends and developments. And we, we talk about it being multidimensional, so many subject across so many subjects and and the shifts occurring across the different stakeholder groups over time seemingly at the same time. So how do you keep on track track of that? So on one hand, ideally you want to be regularly reviewing proxy statements so that more generally to identify emerging trends as as, as you mentioned list but i would also say what you what is also really critical again this is this is the broader context of what's going on and trying to keep on top making sure that you are on top of all the developments trends and emerging developments in the space is is context so ideally you're also in the space you want to You want to understand what the governance influencers are paying attention to, uh, what they might be seeing, what they think they might be seeing, what they're saying, also what they're doing. There's an investigatory component to it that goes beyond the straight data and research that is filings-based or just disclosure-based. At least ideally, you've got all these pieces coming together that enable you to In an ideal situation, see what's coming around the curve, if you can. But again, we're in an era of disruption and change and opportunity, and uh, there's so many things that could happen that happen even beyond what historically might have been anticipated or imagined, all part of the fun of corporate governance.
0: (laughs) Right.
2: So what's an emerging ESG trend that you think will become
1: mainstream in the next
2: five to 10
1: years? Wow. ESG, it's everywhere. The the acronym is everywhere you go. Everyone is talking about it. If if I can just step back and look at it in sort of a a meta sort of way, I would say that five to 10 years time, you're going to see that this multi-stakeholder framework for corporate governance is more prevalent. You're going to see deeper, far-reaching results. I mean, companies are investing in the space in terms of how to think about the, their processes, their strategies, their reporting, their monitoring. You're seeing institutional investors also pull that together in ways and in and, and, and new and different ways from, say, five, ten years ago. And I would say more fundamentally, the drivers for this continuing shift are in place and that they're very deep. So we're talking about the big megatrends of technology and environmental changes and societal and, and demographic consumer behavioral trends. There's there's also, you know, I, I don't want to leave out the, the changing nature of work itself. Uh, you know, we talk about human capital management, but more broadly, The the idea of work and how stakeholders are viewing the role of corporations, I mean, those are some fundamental changes that are afoot and have been building for years. And so those are what I think we're going to continue to see a deepening of, you know, at the end of five, ten years, you know, I would expect to see – that there, as part of these broader conversations that are happening on so many levels in so many directions around long-term business sustainability, that we'll be seeing more disclosures and strategies that reflect a, a, a closer um, intertwined connectivity and, and considerations around environmental and social influences on And um, impacts from the the, the company's business model itself and also as an entity and also across the different stakeholders for that company.
0: Hmm. I think there's certainly support for that notion out there among different factions. It's sort of ironic because some of the push for it is saying that that's how corporations used to be and we should go back to that. So it's one of those everything old is new again kind of things. I'm not sure what Courtney's perspective is on that and would be interested to hear from an in-house perspective. I know this is an interview of Kelly, but any shifts that you're seeing yourself or hearing from other colleagues who are
2: in-house? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely shifting and the impact of data and human capital management have become very important, sort of the ESG space. I thought what Kelly said was very interesting and right on point. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And Liz Liz, yeah. you make a great point and it it's it's one of those things on my mental to do list is to read about those quote unquote good old days that you're <laughs> referencing. Because I, I do wonder if you're if that's a potential indication of the path going forward. Hmm. And uh it'd be really intriguing to see as well.
0: Yeah, well if you write anything about that, please let me know. I would love to read it. This is our last question and one that we ask in every episode. What do you think women in the corporate governance field can add to the current conversation on the societal role of companies kind of along the same lines of what you were mentioning?
1: So it's a big question and I know I've rambled a bit, but if I can give a, a relatively short answer to this to offset the ramble, I would say that everyone has brings to the table a unique perspective. I think it's understood and it's more broadly recognized that we are all stronger together as a team and that diversity and inclusion are a a critical component of an enriched life. And that's across all aspects, whether we're talking about corporations or or specific corporate life, uh, personal lives. Or more broadly, families, um, or if you're talking about communities or societies, you know, I, I think that it, it's it's critical to have all parties at the table to have these conversations and to make change and move things forward. And if I can, if I can share a comment from my sister-in-law. Yes, please. I, I did run the the this question by her. Her her response was what, they're a different species? Yeah. So <laughs> I just wanted to put that out there. Um, it just We all need to have a seat at the table and to be part of the change in corporate governance. Agreed. Yeah, I love that Stronger Together.
2: Kelly, thank you so much for joining us for this episode of Women Governance Gurus. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to subscribe and like us wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is sponsored by Elm Sustainability Partners. Elm Sustainability Partners brings you Rethink. Sustainability and ESG expectations for businesses have never been higher. More than 250 ESG ratings frameworks have developed in the past 24 months. Business-to-business relationships and consumer demand are increasingly defined by ESG performance. Get your complimentary 15-minute ESG program maturity evaluation and report by completing the Contact Us form at www.elmsustainability.com and mentioning women governance gurus in the next four weeks. And catch the book, Killing Sustainability, from Elm's Lawrence Heim, available on paperback or for Kindle on Amazon. Thank you so much.